This podcast was produced by ORFM Dunedin with support from New Zealand On the Air. Otago Access Radio, in partnership with Otago Polytech, brings you Blowing Bubbles. Blowing Bubbles brings you positive conversations with people in their bubbles around the world. How are people living their bubble lives? Working from home, keeping kids entertained and staying connected and getting exercise. And how are these things presenting us with the opportunities to find new ways of living? Every weekday, the Sustainable Lens team of Samuel Mann, Shan Gallagher and Mara Karatai reach out from their bubbles to chat with interesting and positive people around the world. Broadcast on Otago Access Radio 105.4 FM and streamed and podcast on oar.org.nz and sustainablelens.org. Bringing connection, joy, kindness and peace in the days ahead.
<laughs> I, I can't believe we got to two weeks. <laughs> I think we're amazing and we'll continue forever. That's what my heart says. <laughs> Welcome to Blowing Bubbles, positive conversations with people in their bubbles or their safe spaces around the world. I'm Samuel Mann in Sawyer's Bay, Dunedin, and I am joined today from Fakatani by Mawera Karatai and from Mornington, I think, by Tahu Mackenzie. And it's our second birthday today. Happy birthday, us. Happy birthday. How was your weekend, Mawera? Um, it was really relaxed, actually. Um, after a lot of rain up here in the North Island, we just got smashed by rain, more flooding everywhere, all down the East Coast still, lots of roads closed, roads falling off um, into the ocean, uh, lots of money to be spent to restore access to some really isolated communities. Um, but we had a, a nice dry weekend with lots of bike riding. How was yours? It was good. I had a good swim on Saturday and then the bank which holds up the vegetable garden which has been threatening to fall down onto next door's driveway got the better of me and so I spent the weekend shoveling clay. I say shoveling clay, it starts with pickaxing clay because it is the nastiest stuff to move. You can't dig it. But I think I'm about three quarters of the way through preparing the space where a new retaining wall will go. Oh, that's exciting. I'm tired now. Yeah. Do you know what's really neat? <laughs> what's really neat is that we've got Tahu here with us today instead of just playing Tahu snippet. How was your How weekend, was your weekend Tahu? Tahu? Well, kia ora koutou, kia koutou, rafano kia koutou. Um... I'm really excited to be here. Thank you for having me. It's so nice for me. I love the show, as you know, Times Infinity, and it's a great honour for me to be part of the show. And I think the show is the best thing that's ever happened in the whole universe. So thank you for having me as part of our birthday celebrations. It's very special. I had a really lovely weekend, so I was at my heart's home, Orokanui Eco Sanctuary, on Saturday, and I was front desk Tahu. So I got to do exciting things like lighting the fire and I have found increasingly bringing my own rituals into my own life is helpful. And so being able to light the Orokanui Eco Sanctuary Visitor Centre ceremonial fire in the morning is very helpful. And then I got to welcome everyone and say to them about the baby Takahe and all the babies in the forest because it's a, yes, because it's a mast year. So there's just babies everywhere, as you know, Sam from visiting the other day. And and I'd say to everyone, Well, let me know, tell me what you saw and let me know when you come back, show me what you saw. And so when everyone came back from their adventures, then they'd show me photos and tell me more stories. So it was just a beautiful day. And then on Sunday, my other obsession, as you know, at the moment is paddle boarding everywhere. <laughs> so I went paddle boarding with my beautiful friend from Zimbabwe who'd never been paddle boarding and hasn't interacted with the sea particularly because he's from Zimbabwe. And so it's a big like confidence building thing for him to be around the water. And he really loved it. And he did press ups on the paddle board. So I was very impressed and it was beautiful. Are they Easter orchids out yet? Yes, they are. Oh, I and should it, come back and have a look. Yes. 
Yes, and have a sniff and have a whiff and we'll psychically transmit the fragrance to you up in Fakatane. We'll send it up to you. Oh, I'd love that. Well, I'll be down there before the end of the year. I'm looking forward to that. Yes, for your graduation celebration. Yep. So exciting. Congratulations. Thank you. I loved seeing you in your beautiful robes. It was such a it's kind of it's cool how uh how much Otago Politic will do to make people feel good about having missed a graduation and I, I appreciated that. Yeah, you look so beautiful. Can Very you tell happy. us about about the beautiful blue robes? No pressure. Um it, so that's the Otago Politic graduation robe and um and of course the first time with a bonnet. So when you you have a um a hard edged cap. Um I don't what's the proper name for that trencher. You have a, one of those, a pointy trencher for all the other qualifications until you get to the end of the line and then you get a floppy hat. A cushion. So a cushion, a bonnet, a, a blue bonnet with a, with a lovely golden tassel and mm. it was so beautiful. And so um, we went out to the garden and Jack took a photo of me in our garden all dressed up with nowhere to go. <laughs> Did it come with an oh, explanation yeah. for the embroidery on the facing? No, it didn't. Oh, that's a shame. It, there, is, there is an explanation for it and a story behind it. I can't remember what it is. We should dig it out. That'd be cool. I'd like if, to know. That would be a good story for you to, to know and and have. How did you get into paddleboarding, Tahu? Oh, well, so the universe, as we know, is constantly providing, thank goddesses and gods, and... I was up at Orokunui Eco Sanctuary and my beautiful friends came up there and they said, we're doing all these paddleboarding fundraiser events. And I sort of, you know, maybe coughed suggestively or something happened. (laughs) And they said, oh, we'll do one for Orokunui Eco Sanctuary. I said, oh, thank you, you know. And I said, if if you do this wonderful fundraiser event for Orokunui Eco Sanctuary, I will be there on a paddleboard. I'll learn to paddleboard and be there. And so my manager, who's really amazing, and an archaeologist, and has run Tiana Māori Rock Art Centre for the last 20 years and is now in the Tanifa Caves in Opahi Valley, um, planting lots of trees, she has always gone on to me about paddleboarding as her mental health thing that she does. And so she took me out paddleboarding with her, which was wonderfully bonding as a prerequisite to this funding fundraising event. And I just loved it immediately. And it was really, it's such a powerful connector with your mind because as soon as you lose your concentration, you fall off and, uh, and so I was telling this story about going ice skating and falling off or falling over ice skating. And when, as when I got to the point in the story about falling off the ice skates, I fell off the paddleboard. <laughs> that was very but um, apart from that, I didn't fall off and I really loved it. And then, yeah, my dear friend who ran the fundraising event because I was there with a cape on feeling very capable um, on the paddleboard. He's very kind, very, very kindly lent me these two paddleboards, which I'm gradually buying, very gradually, 
so that I can take everyone that I love in the whole world out and teach them how to paddleboard and also obviously promote his business, but promote paddleboarding in general as the ultimate Zen activity. Cool. And you go out on the harbour? Well, I've been going to Outram Glen to Kitty Kitty or the gravel, and it's just so stunning and peaceful. So if you're learning, it's really, really nice and it's really calm. And then once you've had a go at Outram Glen, then you can go on the harbour and then you can go on the, the surging seas as you do, Sam. And yeah. and muera has got a bike. Yeah. He's out riding yeah, in the weekend, I, just, I saw. Yeah, I'm just taking up mountain biking um, after – I, I had a really lovely bike, a, ta- a lady's bike with the basket, and it was so awesome. But um, because I'm really short and the bike was big, the only way I could get off my bike was to fall off it. And that was kind of problematic. And so I would always shout out to people, I can't actually stop. Please get out of my way. And um, furiously <laughs> ring my bell. Um, and then I would find somewhere I could lean up against as I stopped so that I could, you know, kind of. Yeah, or preferably a stick, but this, it was always a bit dodgy going for a ride on my bike. Um, and so now I have a bike with a dropper post. So <sighs> when I'm riding along, I can lift the seat up with this button. And then when I'm ready to stop, I press the button and the seat goes down. It's amazing. And then my mm-hmm. feet touch the ground. And I no longer have to fall off to stop. So good. Well and, done. And are you riding around? On mountain bike tracks or uh, uh, on the flat bits before mountain bike tracks? What, where are you going At the with moment, them? So we've got this really amazing walkway, cycleway that goes along the Whakatani River um, down to the heads. And uh, before that, there's now this sort of like gravel hill and path. And I've learned how to ride on the gravel. So I'm very excited about that. And to go up and down the hill and how to use my gears and how to use the pedal assist because it's an e-bike. Ah, that's so so good. I cannot believe how good it is. It's amazing. I go so fast. Anyway, that's probably really bad because, you know, the the faster you go, the bigger the mess. So, But, however, I'm quite good at falling off my bike, so I'll be all right. (laughs) Um, So... Um, so I'm really excited that this Wednesday is my first time I'm actually going to go on a trail. And so I'm yeah. going to ride at Onipu Mountain Bike Park. Um, there's a long trail that leads into the park itself where I usually, uh, and where that trail leads is where I cook sausages on a Wednesday for the Mountain Bike Club. Oh. So this time I'm actually going to ride in to do my sausage duty. You still, so you still cool. got to make the sausages. Yes, I'm still doing sausages. Actually, it's our bo- um, it's our final night for the season. So I'm cooking goat burgers, venison steak, and peacock kebabs for the Mountain Bike Club. Oh, a wild feast of deliciousness. Oh, wow! Have you have have you eaten the peacock before? Yes, I what's went, it, and so has Sam. What's it like? I've never eaten. A peacock. If you put, it's beautiful meat. If you put peacock and chicken together, chicken looks really yellow and unpleasant. It's this beautiful, really delicious meat. You just have to know how to treat it. You have to treat it with love and kindness, and it produces beautiful protein. Wow, because they are so beautiful. All they are. All life is beautiful. Yes. Wow. It is. 
Yeah, wow. so we um because they're such a pest up here, um wow. there's a um, there's a guy up here I know who makes a living selling the feathers and then yeah. he feeds the meat out into the community so nothing goes to waste. I'll buy some of the feathers for some costumes. I will bring you some yeah. when I come down. Oh, that's very kind. Thank you. We need to put some music in. Let's have all the music today has got twos in it. So let's have Moira's Choice, Kim Weston and Marvin Gaye. It takes two. Why this one? Um, I just love the song. Uh, it's just such a positive, happy song, and it's got a two in it, and it's our second birthday, and it's this, the immediate thing that came to my mind. theme of the show i don't know if we started out with this as the theme of the show but it became the theme of the show pretty quickly the positive but not deluded yeah and we've been asking people where 
you know, where do they sit on that spectrum or do they see that as a spectrum? Do they see it as you need to be both, whatever? So I'll ask both of you, start with Tahu. Where do you see yourself in terms of that positive but not deluded? Do you need to be a bit deluded? Uh, Well, you know that I draw all my sense of knowing from the living world and that's where I'm basing my understanding. So we are... We are a living being. We are a species of animal. The consciousness that we have co-evolved alongside all life is unique to each of us, but also we have consensus reality. Within that consensus reality, the understanding of positivity has changed over time. But I personally feel that we can draw so much inspiration and hope from nature and the cycles of nature and the rebirth that we see in nature every day. So I feel that positivity in the sense of ongoing life force is uh, is ever-present and innate to us. Cool. <laughs> it can be hard to find sometimes. Yeah, again, I would I would orient us towards the living world. That's what's that's what's helped me most my whole life is uh, feeling part of the living world, and um, in that way, the human world and the creation and construction that is the human world doesn't have to overwhelm because it's just one aspect of the living world. So that helps to put things in perspective a wee bit for me. (laughs) Mawera, not quite during this run of this show, but you finished your doctorate while we've been doing the show. And and one of the, the key themes, at least when it started, was that unconditional positive regard at a societal level. Does that still... I know you've spent quite a lot of time exploring that, but does it still work? It does, and I think that's the thing that'll get us through the challenges that we have ahead. Uh, when I think about unconditional positive regard, in the in the first instance, it helped me to overcome some serious challenges that that I um, endured uh, as I went through my in my doctorate work. Um, but then I started looking at it in the wider context, and if you look at resilience. Unconditional positive regard is a core part of resilience. So, for our resilient, for our resilient communities, there's um, there's always there's always that core belief that mm. there is a way through this. That together we can do this with love. We can do anything by caring for those who need to be cared for. We are all better off, and mm. and that's all part of that's applied unconditional positive regard. So beautiful. When I think about positivity, I I love the way that Tahu sees that. The thing that I that troubles me in the world at the moment is that lack of critical thinking, and that I think is that is one of our biggest barriers that we have ahead of us, is and and one of the biggest barriers to positive, um, and where the deluded part I think comes in is that when. It's what we've seen over these last few months is how easy it is for people to go down um, into these uh, extreme views, mm. um, and that's 
that's the evidence of our lack of critical thinking um, in our education system uh, and uh, in our community, uh, in the wider community at the moment. It's, it's a concern. Mm. Yeah, I think people want to always want to feel part of something bigger and they want to feel a sense of belonging and a sense of community. And that can come in lots of different forms. If fundamentally that can be part of the living, that we are part of the living world and that's our community, that's that's our true home and our network, the living web, then that fundamentally supports those notions of manakitanga and and uh, and care rather than just a human oriented sense of community which can then as you're saying you know there can be these very um, unhealthy groups but that still draw people in because they have a sense of belonging there i agree beautiful to hear about the uh the positive unconditional positive regard i love it and i hope you wouldn't mind if i quote you in my um tours and things at orokanui would that be okay absolutely i'd love love to reference your work because i think absolutely going forward that's what we need thank you i'm interested in something that you said just before moira which is you said that a lack of critical thinking is a barrier to being positive. And I think that that's something which we have learned mm. doing the show. That, that, that what is it that people are doing in that, that moving beyond critical being negative and actually that, that, mm. that critical thinking is an important part of being positive. Being positive isn't just being completely doolally. I think that the critical thinking needs to be renamed because it's just, you know, using the word critical, it's immediately got a negative connotation. And um, so we need a new term for critical thinking that Mm. actually better describes the process of taking in everything and Mm. being able to work through things in a logical way um, mm. to see the whole picture. Yeah, and, I think and not... it's yeah, it big picture thinking, isn't it? Yeah, it's that expansiveness and that ability to see the connections that are there for the whole picture, the big picture. We look at, we look at critical, um, we look at critical as being criticising rather than the process of analysis. Hmm. And so, yeah, so the, the new name for critical thinking has to have something about analysis. So we actually need to create a new term. We should do that as part of the show. It can be, yeah. you heard it here first, folks. Big picture analysis. But I think there's also something that we need to have that, that notions of the life force or the, the ecosystem type thinking without explicitly making it about ecosystems. And one of the things that excites me is that I can I can sit down in, in a forest and be entirely entertained by by the square foot in front of me mm. or by the totality mm. of that forest. Mm. And, and it's about the relationships and processes at all those levels. 
the microcosm and the macrocosm. Yeah. So I think it's it needs to have something about that, scaling. Part of that is gratitude and appreciation too, isn't it? When you can be entertained by that small space in front of you and appreciate the, the goodness and the glory of that, there's a tremendous amount of gratitude for your the privilege of being in that space and being with those things. I'm grateful that more and more there's understanding of all the subterranean world because that is a, that is a reflection of you know, other unseen connections that we're becoming more appreciative of culturally. And, you know, now that we are acknowledging the work of of fungi and all the microbial networks of fungi so that all the plants can talk with one another and share resources with one another and, you know, have been for billions of years, that's another way of understanding all those sharings and and communalities and carings have been going on in the same way unseen and uncelebrated often by by western popular culture for a long time you know so i think that idea of uh, the unseen is important as well let's take the second of our music choices let's have blur song two it's in the title I don't think it's in the song. Why this one, Tahu? <laughs> well, it's very celebratory, this song. This is like the most celebratory song. that was, And it was number one all over the world for a very long time because it's so celebratory. So I thought for our birthday, we should have this song.
you should be there at the front of the zoo instead of encouraging all those people. Okay, the questions we normally ask people at this point is about the changes in society we have seen over the past couple yeah. of years. Let's go with Tahu first. Tahu, what changes have you seen in society that you hope will stick? Oh, that's so nice. Thank you for asking me. I've seen a real return to the living world. I'll keep going on about this forever and ever for the rest of my life. Um, but, yeah, real return to appreciating what's in our backyards and who is visiting our backyards, who is living in our backyards, how to care for them with uh, my work at Orokanoi and with Pika Pika Bird Feeders, there's definitely been an increase in people's awareness and, and interest in our native species and how to look after them, which is really exciting for me. That's what I really care about. But also a general appreciation for slowing down and taking time for oneself in whatever way that may be because it was a forced rest and pause I think that was actually experienced for the first time by many people and now people are seeking out regular rest and reflection time and uh, I'm so grateful for that many people I know have had to reduce their hours or have chosen to change how they work so that they can have more rest and relaxation and uh, work at a different pace and in a different way. So I'm super grateful for that. Mawera? Um, so I love the positive view from Tahu. From, uh, my, uh, my observation of the last couple of years is we have, I guess our country has grown up a little bit. We've always regarded ourselves as being so separate and away from trouble like nothing can hurt us because we're New Zealand and we're at the bottom of the world and, you know, we can just close the doors and that's it. But we, we've learned actually, we've learned two things from the pandemic. One is that we, we're not as separate as we like to think we are, not as isolated by our choice that we think we are. Um, but the other thing is that um, we socially, we are much more vulnerable to what's happening in the rest of the world than I think we ever thought we were. We will always have considered our Kiwi culture, but actually um, our culture is, is just as influenced as everybody else's by, by you know, other things that are happening in the world. So, um, But also I think that I've seen a level of resilience and determination that I don't think I've ever seen in any other country in my whole life, observing mm. the way that we were willing to just say, right, this is us. We're the team of five million people. We can do this and, and we'll do whatever it takes to keep it, especially our old people safe. Mm. So, yeah, and um, it was a big call and we did it. And I'm really proud when I think about that. Yes. And we might have we might have a bit of a feeling of despair now, but the people we've been talking to internationally, the rest of the world's been having that for two years. Yeah, we think we're over and, it. And we have nothing <laughs> on the rest of the world. Exactly, and um, you were talking about scale before. Um, you, you consider what we're going through at the moment. Yes, it's horrible, and yes, there are people who are passing, but most of them are passing with COVID, not from COVID. 
And and that's mm. another thing that just makes us so lucky, you know, when we consider that so many lives were lost from COVID in the rest of the world over the last two years. Mm. Um, we, we're just, we have so much to be thankful for. Mm. Yeah, I think the whole point of everything we did was to delay as much as we possibly could to get everybody vaccinated and get all the systems up in place and the treatments up in place. I'm going to add my two things here. One of them is working from home, not just from a, oh, isn't it good we're working at home, but from I think it's given us a bit of a chance to take control of our lives. I think yeah. it's it's given us an opportunity to say, actually, I don't need to be doing this. I can, yeah. I can, I can achieve this by this. I don't need to, um, to, to do this thing. And the other thing that I think that um, I'm hoping will stick is that well-being got legs. Yeah. I really think that well-being was seen as a sort of this academic, whatever, when it was, you know, first came out at a policy level. It's been around for a while before that. But when it first came out at a policy level, it was just seen as this, oh, whatever, where's the money? But I think this government has shown that decision-making that prioritises well-being has worked. Yeah. Okay, next question is about lessons. What lessons have we learnt from the pandemic for those bigger sorts of challenges, climate change, biodiversity, social justice? Well, where I can go first this time? Um, the, the lesson, uh, I think, is that particularly around climate change, because, you know, the Eastern Bay Plenty, again, um, Edgecombe, just up the road from us, uh, there was one lady they interviewed in the newspaper who her house got flooded for the third time in two years. Um, we, we are living in a climate emergency and and we seem to have just titled it but not taken any action to address it. Yet we were able to take serious action to address a health emergency. We need to take that same action to address this climate emergency. Uh, and, I, you know, Papa uh, Tuanuku sends us all these warnings at some point they stop being warnings and they almost become a punishment for a lack of action and I kind of feel like that's where we're at at the moment, we have had opportunities to make changes and we seem unwilling to do so So um, that's uh, and yet we know we can we can actually band together and say right we're going to change this thing, so we need to take that approach to our climate our natural world well, well, kia ora. That's so powerful, and I, I, um, I'm so grateful for all the work that you're doing up there to really engage everybody. You know, because it's such a gift to be able to bring people together and inspire them into action. You know, and that, and that comes from a, a place of love. I know with you, and that I think that is so important that we are moving and and speaking and acting from a place of love because that's how people will feel safe to engage and and feel included and I think a big lesson for me has been around inclusivity and just making sure that in service to the living world which I feel I am for all eternity uh, that I'm doing that in ways that are inclusive and with love so that it, it can happen in so many different ways for people, whether it's, you know, uh, talking about their their gardens or talking about their, their hobbies that they enjoy, where they like to go walking or whatever it is. It doesn't have to be uh, 
I think it doesn't have to be uh, such a full scale thing, but it can just be ge- that gentle encouragement back to the living world, returning to the living world each day. And that's where they find their point of connection and their point of healing and really encouraging that. So whether it's like having people around to meet my hens and um, my hens sitting on their knee or taking them paddle boarding or going for a walk or just listening to their stories about where they're finding that connection, I think that is the that point of love and and gentle encouragement that can be the beginning of of greater action okay questions to end the show with biggest success in the last couple of years tahu oh (laughs) that's so kind well i'm really grateful to be part of the show and this show has really helped me so I feel the biggest success for me is being part of the show and having that uh, real honour and uh, real gift from both of you to to share what's happening with me because it's really helped me to recalibrate and reframe things for myself and what I hope has been helpful for the listeners and yeah that's been a huge thing for me in my life so thank you so much i know there's one listener in particular rob <laughs> um very much appreciates <laughs> the, the guidance that you give each day the oh, questions you oh. raise and, and so on moira uh being part of the show has been absolutely life-changing i've loved it uh and uh the the people that we've spoken to the abuse of the world have definitely changed a lot of the way I see things um so and also fin- finishing my doctorate and wow. raising my boy that wow. those are like the three things that matter most in my life congratulations thank you I think Sam. that yes I think that again it's the it's the realizing that that everybody we talk to has a story and is a leader yeah. and it doesn't matter who they are and, and if you look at them in terms of you know where they work or how you know how high up and whatever hierarchy they are it doesn't matter mm-hmm. everybody mm-hmm. is is making a difference everybody is mm-hmm. has got what we would describe as as leadership uh, values mm-hmm. and it's 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 a matter of you know listening to those stories and learning from those stories so in that regard, what's your superpower? <laughs> Tahu. Are you? Oh, well, that's yeah. very kind. I in in acknowledging what you've both said, I think for everyone, our superpower is being ourselves, and when we are ourselves, we contribute our best gifts because that's what we're here to do. You know, this is biodiversity in action. When we are able to really be who we are then we give what we're here to give perfect Moira um I think my my view of my superpower has changed since the last time we talked about that and I think now it's um the ability to take complicated things and make them really simple and 
that, that's a thing, a skill that I seem to have developed while I've been working through my doctorate. Uh, and, and it's something I really enjoy doing, mm. helping people to understand complicated things. Mm. That's cool. a great super. Tahu, do you consider yourself to be an activist? Oh, you've asked me this before. So I feel I feel that uh I feel that I'm in service to the living world. Yeah. Mawera? Um I'll I will refer to Michelle A. Court's quote uh, when we interviewed her activism is the rent I pay for living on the planet. Oh. Yeah, that's a good one. Mm. What motivates you? What gets you out of bed in the morning? The beauty of the living world. I want to experience it and celebrate it. Uh, and mind service in whatever way I can serve. Hmm. What challenge are you looking forward to in the next year or two? Getting our album out there. Woohoo! It's yeah. recorded, isn't it? It's recorded, and I just have to get it out there and <laughs> do everything for what, it. What has to happen next? Oh, so many things, but I believe in us and it will be amazing and it will get out there and it will be amazing. <laughs> Isn't it just a matter of uploading it to Bandcamp? Yeah, and I have to do all the CDs and vinyl and artwork and numbers and things, but it will be amazing and it will be fine and I'll love that. When are you planning to have that done? Well, my birthday's on the 13th of August, so if I was able to do it by my birthday, I would be eternally, eternally, blissfully happy. We shall hold you to that. <laughs> oh! Absolutely. My birthday's just before that, so we'll remember. Oh! I appreciate your support. Thank you. Mawera, your challenge? Uh, my challenge is um, being more effective in the climate change space and using the energy and, the, and my activism to really start to make some progress because I'm tired of the talking. Talk, 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 and no action. There's a, there's a saying I hear often, all hooey and no dewey, and I'm, I'm all for the dewey at the moment. So, um, yeah, that's, that's my mission. That and making some progress in... Uh, adding critical thinking and pathway plans to our education system. What? Yeah, just little things, eh, Sam? <laughs> Small things. You know, change the climate change education system. And a book <laughs> about a uh, cha book chapter about rural health. Oh, yes, we need to talk about that too. <laughs> and <laughs> lastly, do you have any advice for our listeners? Be Tahu. yourself. Be yourself. Love yourself. Love your world. And my advice is everything is temporary. So no matter what you're going through, it will change. And there's always good things coming. You just got to remember to keep your eyes open and look, have some have gratitude. Thank you for that. We are going out to my song <laughs> with two in it. We are going out to Right Said Fred, I'm Too Sexy. Yeah. I'm too sexy for my love. <laughs> too sexy for my love. Love's going to leave.
with people in their bubbles, their safe spaces around the world. Brought to you by the Sustainable Lens Team, which is brought to you by Otago Polytechnic. We're broadcast on Otago Access Radio every Monday, Wednesday and Friday afternoons at 3 and streamed and podcast on oar.org.nz. You can find us on Facebook and subscribe wherever you get your podcasts. I'm Sammy Young in Sawyer's Bay, Dunedin, with Mwera Karatai in Fakatani and in Mornington, Dunedin, Tahu McKenzie celebrating our second anniversary, our 383rd show. That is Blowing Bubbles. We hope you enjoyed the show. Marty Wah. My love loves going to leave me. And I do six for this song. This podcast was produced by ORFM Dunedin with support from New Zealand On the Air.